0: This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Baer. Let's get into the show. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Hannah Deindorfer, Correct.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Hannah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Jeremiah, for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me here to connect with you and share with your audience and uh, be weird because that's (laughs) that's my thing.
0: (laughs) So like we were talking about off air, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to bring you on is you have a very unique approach, at least from anyone that I've followed or like podcasts I've listened to, anything like that, to business coaching, how to go about growing your business. And a lot of newer coaches listen to this business or this podcast, so it would be super helpful for them. But before we dive too deep into that, can you kind of just take us through your backstory? What got you to where you are today as a fitness business coach?
1: Awesome. I can totally share. I'm an open book. And so I'm going to go back to like the first, I think, defining moment in my path. And that was when I was 13 years old, my dad was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So I grew up in a really small town in Michigan. He got really sick. And then I'm the oldest of three and my mom got depression at the same time. So I stepped up for my family as the leader, as the guide supporter at 13 years old, which wow, weird. <laughs> Definitely, definitely impacted me really heavily. And then um, things started to get better as I got older. Went to college uh, at Michigan State, and then, second year in college, developed an eating disorder, suffered from anorexia, and had a ton of depression on top of that as well. Really isolated myself. And I really believe that my coaches and therapists and the people that were like the helpers and guides and mentors in my life completely saved me. Um, I am so grateful to the fitness industry for the amazing coaches that do exist, um, that really care about their clients and that really want to serve because that's really what supported me most in moving through some of the darkest times in my life. So... After I got out of college, I moved to California, tried to like live the California dream, worked for a software company. Um, I worked for a small startup doing like um, marketing and user experience design and just like all these little random like business stuff, essentially gained a ton of skills, a ton of knowledge in that area, worked there for three years, but I was so unfulfilled in that. Um, it was just not where I knew my biggest impact could be. And because of my experience in therapy and, um, what I had learned through my own struggles, I wanted to help people with that. And so I tried to be a life coach on the side for a while (laughs) while I was still doing the corporate thing. And it was just like, okay, I need to quit at some point and decided um, almost three years ago now to be like, all right, fuck it. I'm not going to be in corporate anymore. I'm going to work for myself. And um, it was really hard for a really long time. Like I was trying to be a life coach and did a bunch of freelance shit on the side, like a bunch of business management and design and stuff on the side. And finally I was like, oh, I can just put this together. Like I can just put the skill sets I have in business with my life coaching together and really make a powerful impact in this industry that I care so much about. It was like, I had this light bulb moment of like, Oh, I can just do all the things that I care about in one space. And it was, and so that's really the foundation for the way that I do my coaching because I have this really holistic life coaching like whole human supportive background. I'm able to get my clients to get out of their own way and really do the inner work that's necessary for them to see external success. So, that's that's my approach and that's kind of how I got there.
0: Okay. And there is absolutely a lot to unpack there. So, yeah. what is it then do you have like if someone was to ask you, okay, Hannah, yeah. what is your approach to Business coaching, like what mm-hmm. makes this different? Like, maybe your like, what's your method, so to speak? Can you is that yeah. something you can like put into words?
1: Totally, yeah. Um, my method is that I have none of the answers. <laughs> That's okay. it. Like, like my method is that I don't come with a predetermined set of things that you're going to do when you work with me. I fully believe that all of my clients. And I just got off a sales call telling someone this. I just. I fully believe that my clients know what they need to do. They know what's holding them back. They know where they want to go, but they don't trust themselves and they don't have someone who can ask them the right questions to get them to produce the answers to that. So yes. most of my method is just asking the right questions to get someone to relate, to, to get them to have light bulb moments for themselves, to get them to have this self-discovery moment, because most people don't know what they think until they say it out loud. So I'm trying to get them to understand what they want and what they think and then back it up with all the tools that they need to get there. So I have all the strategy and shit in my back pocket, but I'm not going to give that to you until you tell me this is what I need and then and then I give it to you.
0: So you're not at all bringing anyone in saying, like, I have all the answers, just <laughs> I
1: No, I'm bringing people in saying you the have opposite. all the answers. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah.
0: I love it. That is definitely a very um, – different approach than like what most people are putting out there so for you is that hard to like put out there because at least I know for me one of the constant things I struggle with is like I have this constant need that I need to feel impressive like if there's Mm -hmm. all these other coaches out there everybody that sees me Mm -hmm. needs to be like they need to see me as more impressive than all these other people so just like out of curiosity is that something you struggle with like saying like oh I don't have all the answers but I believe you do would you mind totally.
1: that? Yeah. I think for a long time I played the comparison game too because I was comparing to other business coaches who are just pounding strategy and like showing, like, oh, my client's making X dollars and this and this and that, and they're having these wins, and just and that's I just have to own that. that's not me and and trust that the person on the other side of the screen doesn't give a fuck about my qualifications. They don't care how much I know, they don't care how long I went to school or how many degrees I have. They give no fucks. They care about knowing that I understand their problems and that I am going to be there for them and support them through it. And when someone feels heard and understood, I'm trying constantly to just get them to feel heard, get them to feel understood. Because when someone feels understood, they automatically assume that you know the answer to their problem because you understand them. They're like, oh, well, if you know how I'm feeling right now, you probably know how to get me out of this.
0: Right. Okay. So very much, you're just based on connection with your client, essentially.
1: 100%. All of my sales process, all of my marketing is all based on helping to the person on the other side feel like I know them because, okay. I, because I do.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And that, that very much speaks to something I've realized over the last few years, like more specific to like... A fitness coach like nobody really actually gives a shit how ripped you are or like how many shirtless mm-hmm. pictures you post it's like mm-hmm. the the stuff about like this was my struggle this is what I really struggled with and here's how I overcame it that's the shit like people relate to not like I'm so fucking jacked now like
1: absolutely but yeah. weird extent,
0: people don't care except for like I feel like it's so much of that's in your head but like I talked about I struggle to know exactly like a specific direction that I want to take this because after listening to you on other podcasts and following on Instagram so long, I have just such a wide ranging, <laughs> uh, just a plethora of questions that I wanted to ask you. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you don't mind, like honestly, I'd love just, like, I love to dive into a couple of things that I've struggled yeah. with, yeah, uh, along my journey as becoming a coach, building my business over the last couple of years. So, sure. one of the biggest things I'm sure you get asked a lot, asked about a lot. Is struggling with imposter syndrome. Something that you've struggled with personally?
1: Um y- sometimes. So I think the so I think imposter syndrome just comes from trying to be someone that you're not in some ways. Like if you're not being authentic, you're always gonna feel like an imposter. So it could be that. That's yeah. one access point to the imposter syndrome. And the other one is a little bit more positive and knowing that it comes from trying to step into a role that you're a beginner at. So right. Imagine it's like you are trying to, you're like outgrowing shoes. And so you like, you put on the next pair, a pair of shoe size up and you like, don't quite fit it yet. Right. You're kind of sliding around. Things are a little bit uncomfortable, but eventually you just grow into it. Right. And you'll you'll feel good about that and know that when you grow into a goal, when you get there, you'll always want more anyway. So then you'll just like put yourself in the next uncomfortable spot. So it's kind of like just knowing that the imposter syndrome is going to come. And that's just a signal that you're taking on something more like it's a it's proof and evidence that you're engaging with something that's bigger than yourself, which is really exciting to to want to expand and grow like that. I see it generally as a good sign.
0: Okay, okay, that's interesting. I know for me personally, I've seen it both like Mm -hmm. when I first started my online business and I really felt like when I went full time and I really felt like okay, I think people are actually like seeing me as being more successful than I actually am. Mm. I feel like I'm literally just like taking like what I'm, what I learned yesterday from someone else and I'm creating this as mm. content. And then people are like, Oh, you're, like I don't deserve this. Mm. And then more so like since things have grown now, I feel like I don't deserve to like have things go this well, you know? So it's been a very interesting and um, actually I honestly didn't expect to put all this out there on the podcast, but yeah it's definitely been a very interesting like seeing both sides of that
1: yeah yeah do you feel like that a lot of other places in your life like oh I don't deserve this like in relationships or anything else for you is that a common feeling that you have
0: um I very much with with relationships I always feel like damn again I'm very surprised we're getting into this but with relationships I always feel like a constant thing I struggle with is like to feel loved I feel like I need to be impressive even though I like understand that that's not and this is something I've tried to work on a lot but so like a lot of times I feel honestly I feel like I put a lot more of my worth into my success with my career more mm-hmm. so than um I feel like relationships are still an area like I'm continually trying to put more emphasis on because I feel like that's mm-hmm. something that I just in general don't put enough emphasis on developing. But mm-hmm. um, I would say with like with a relationship, if I don't like feel impressive, then I like do like have to check myself to like, okay, it's okay, like they still love me for like putting out there hundred percent who I really am, flaws and all. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. It totally makes sense. And you said the same thing about your business too. Right. Like you're, you're carrying over the same kind of pattern of like, okay, I need to be impressive. I need to, to show that I know stuff to prove myself. Um, do you know where that started? Like when you first started feeling like, okay, I have to, I have to show up. I have to be impressive. I got to prove myself because I'm not good enough just as I am.
0: Um, yeah. So, uh, actually, damn again, um, I don't know if this I've ever talked about this, but I feel like I because me and my girl were talking about this not too long ago, and one of the things we kind of came back to was when I was um what when I was in second grade, we adopted my family adopted two of my second cousins. So their mom had died of cancer, their dad was never around, and they were both very much the same age as me. Um I have a family of nine siblings total. So the two of them moved in, and very much like from that point for the next like five years. I remember there was, because we were all, like, very, very similar age, and it was, like, always this competition, and they would, mm. one specifically would always bring up, like, and I love my brothers, so I don't get it twisted, but mm. one specifically would always bring up, like, I did X, so mom loves me more than you, mm. and I don't think that, like, for my parents, it was very much, like, we were all three, like, the same, like, it, I did feel like it was very much, like, whichever of the boys in this room was, like, the best today, that's, like, the one that gets the most <laughs> and maybe this is just like some superficial thing that I'm making up, and mm-hmm. but to me like that's like kind of because I was thinking about this recently, what I tied it back yeah. to, mm-hmm. so then I feel like it was like, okay, I like have like have to earn it you know what I mean
1: totally it makes so it makes a lot of sense to me like and and thank you for sharing all of this by the way, I really really appreciate absolutely open. um because so here's the thing all of our All of our thought patterns, all of our beliefs, all of our adaptations, they're all intended from a place of love, genuinely, like to keep us safe, to keep us loved. And so this pattern that you have, um, which is the I'm not good enough pattern, I need to do more, I need to be impressive, I need to make myself known and worthy um, because I'm not good enough, originally came from this intention of like, I just want to be loved. Right. I just want someone to tell me, hey, you're good enough exactly as you are. And- you know, you don't have to try. And so you're constantly seeking externally for this validation, which right. makes, total, makes total sense given the way that you grew up. So I want to also frame it in another way. Another analogy I really like is like, um, so you know how bugs like fly into the light, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that adaptation was originally created to keep them safe to keep them flying towards the moon so they wouldn't crash into the ground at night so they developed this brilliant adaptation to fly towards the moon fly towards the light so they would survive then man invented incandescent light and they the, the same adaptation that originally was intended to keep them safe was having them crash and burn and die right and so it was just it's just outdated and so the same thing is true for your adaptation your adaptation of um, I'm not good enough, and I need to like do more. Um, was originally created to keep you safe and to get you love from your parents or for, from anyone around you, and now that same adaptation is sometimes serving you, but sometimes constraining you and causing you to always feel like you're not enough. Right. So, does that feel true? Like, does that land for you?
0: Yeah. No. I I would agree with that. And again. Yeah. I mean, Something I've tried to dig into a lot. Mm -hmm. I also occasionally struggle with, I feel like, because I'm very aware that that's like a driver in a lot Mm -hmm. of what I do. Mm -hmm. And I think like taking it back to imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. it kind of ties back to, like, sometimes I feel like, well, fuck, I'm just doing this because... I want recognition. I want people to be impressed by me. So now I'm doing this for like the wrong reasons, right? Like mm-hmm. I should be doing it strictly because mm-hmm. I just absolutely love helping people. And then it's like, fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you very do much you in my head or, about it. Yeah. Do you feel like you're fighting yourself? Like when when this like drive to like prove yourself comes up, you're like, oh fuck, I shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. You're like, oh, why is this still happening?
0: It's something that I've very much oh. gone back and forth on because lately I've tried to just like I mean I think it's probably okay if I like some of my drive is that I want recognition. Yeah. But I think more recently it's been, um, it's more recently that I've been thinking along those lines as opposed to like, okay, I just need to not think like this ever. And I should only do, ever do this because like I fucking love helping people. And I don't care about mm-hmm. money or success, mm-hmm. or anything, mm-hmm. which isn't true for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So the more that we fight with the thoughts that are in our head, the more they're going to fight back whatever you resist persists. So rather than when you see these thoughts come up, they just want to have a voice at the table. They just want to be acknowledged and seen the same way that you did when you were this little kid who just wanted to be loved. And so when these thoughts come up for you, when you're like, like either scrolling in comparison or whenever, whenever it comes up for you in real time, all like the only thing that you have to do is just notice the thought and acknowledge it and be like, Oh, okay. I got it. Like this was, this is just here to, to keep me safe. Okay. okay. Cool. Like that's, that's literally it. Um, I don't know if I said this on Cody's show or not, but awareness is like sun on an ice cube. Like if you have a limiting pattern or a limiting belief that you're trying to get rid of, all you have to do is be aware of it. And that's it. Okay. Like, the, the more that you notice, the more you're aware of it, it'll just slowly melt because it will no longer have power. Like the power, the power comes from fighting it and resisting it. If you let it just be there and have a seat at the table and acknowledge that it's just there to get love, then you can find another healthier way to get love. You can be like, okay, I see we're just trying to get love here. How can I like go hang out with my girlfriend or how can I like pat myself on the back for something I did well, or how can I acknowledge myself for doing a really great job in life?
0: Okay. 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 That, that is very interesting. I, for uh, So it's like the, within meditation and the technique of, I mean, I literally just use the Headspace app and they always call it noting, right? Like you're seeing the thought, like they use the meta, they're the analogy of like a car passing by on the highway and you're sitting on the yes. side of the highway, like, oh, there's another car going by. Like
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the car is driving by and you're like, oh, there's, there's that same car again that always drives by. Oh, that car is that are just trying that are just trying to love me all right cool bye awesome you can sit here if you want you can let it stop if you want and you know let it be there but it'll eventually it'll go away if you just accept that it's there and you know let it be there
0: okay okay so another thing I wanted to ask you about is balancing like self-love versus needing to set like this drive to set higher standards for yourself mm-hmm. because i think that personally i think that and this could just be like my personal viewpoint on it but i feel like sometimes like self love gets taken too far and then it's just people constantly lowering their standards past the point that makes them happy because they feel like like what other people around them are saying should make them happy doesn't actually make them happy but then and it gets like to be a vicious cycle. Yes. So And this is such a broad question, (laughs) but
1: I totally agree with you. I think it's a great question.
0: Do you have any insight into that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so I think, I think the highest act of self-love is integrity. Like above all else, the highest act of self-love is keeping your promises and agreements to yourself. I love that. And then in next, then next in line with that, the next definition of integrity is being true to your morals and your values. So if you are, if you're always checking in with, did I make a promise to myself? Am I keeping that promise? Am I breaking that promise? Am I in or out of integrity? am am I in or out of where I know that I need to be? You will know whether or not it's an act of self-love or not, because if it's not, you'll feel shame and you'll feel bad about yourself.
0: I, I love that. That's, that makes a lot of sense. And that's something that I've been trying to, I've, I had a few clients that have been trying to like verbalize that too and make it more clear. But I mm-hmm. felt like how it was, I just kind of sounded like a dick, like how I was.
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Because it's not at all like, fuck self-love, you don't need that because of course you do. But I do feel like very much it's hard to like find this balance. Like I know for me personally for a long time, mm-hmm. there was a time where I just, I just literally wasn't doing shit with my life. I was mm-hmm. just lazy and it made me very very unhappy but I couldn't figure out why I wasn't happy but I was I was always like I want to be more consistent with this I want to start building my business I want to like get my personal training certification but I just never did shit about it and then I was like well I just need to love myself I should it's okay like I don't need to be so hard on myself Mm -hmm. so I think that like even as a coach sometimes I feel like one of the hardest things to do is to draw that line versus versus like it's okay Or like, okay, maybe we do actually just need to set a higher standard for yourself. Absolutely. So with your clients then, how do you kind of, how do you, is it just the question of like, are you keeping all your promises to yourself or how do you go about drawing that line?
1: Yeah, I think it's like, so there's, there's like two parts to it. There's, there's one part where you want to make sure that you're not making them wrong for where they are. I think it's really important for your client to be able to show up and feel completely safe with you. For them to know that whatever they've done, whatever it is, that they're not gonna get judgment from you for that. They're gonna be fully loved and accepted exactly as they are right now. Otherwise, you're gonna push them towards a goal and they're gonna reach it and then they're gonna still hate themselves. So they need to really be, it doesn't mean they have to like it, but they have to understand that it is okay where they are right now and be fully transparent about this is what I'm doing right now this is the impact of this behavior. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing to fix or change. It's like, if you're doing this thing, you're going to get this outcome. If you eat cookies and ice cream every night, you're going to get this outcome. Do you want that outcome? Yes or no? Okay. If you don't, if you tell me that you're on a track to get abs, then I'm going to tell you, this is what is required for you to do that. And if you don't do it, I'm not going to judge you, but you're not going to get abs. That's just how it's going to work. Right. Um, so it's like, With my clients, I think the biggest piece is just being honest with them in a way that feels safe. So they know that I love them more than anything. They know that I would fucking go to bat for them. And that means that I would go to bat against their lesser self too. Like whenever they come into the space with me, like I'm on board with their best self. Like I'm going to bat for that person. And if they show up with all their excuses and shit, I'm like, look, I know that you're better than that. I know whatever you're dealing with right now, this is just your human coming out and we can do better. And I'm going to support you in being that like standing fiercely for them being in integrity, standing fiercely for them to be how I see them and simultaneously holding that. If you decide not to change at all, that's okay. But choose, like choose whatever you're doing right right now.
0: I love that, and it's very yeah. No, absolutely, and very much like when I have this conversation with my clients, I talk about trade-offs. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, it doesn't like you said. Like, if you don't like, let's say, I had a client last week that was like she was going glamping, which is where they, like you stay in mm-hmm. fancy tents but you're camping, and she was talking about she didn't know if she wanted to track today or not. Like, is it bad if she didn't track? It's like mm-hmm. it's not bad or good. Like mm-hmm. in the context of your goals if you're willing to make the trade off of a bit slower progress, then like that's perfectly fine. But the biggest thing is like, you understand like the where, which, which route you're choosing is very important to like understand beforehand.
1: Totally. And I think also it depends on the client. Like there are some clients of mine that really don't do well with me taking a little bit like harder stance with them. And there are some clients that need to need me to really stand fiercely for them. And it just depends on what their preferred communication style is. Like if I stand up to one, like I have one client that if I was to, to kind of be a hard ass in some ways, she would just crumble. Right. She would- she already feels so bad about herself when she struggles that I don't need to pile more shame on top of her. She already feels bad enough. I just need to tell her, hey, look, how are you feeling about this? Do you feel like shit? Okay, let's do this instead. Right. But with with my other client, like she needs someone to be like, hey, did you do the thing? Did you do the thing? Did you do the thing? No. Okay, you owe me fifty dollars if you don't do this thing by this date.
0: Right. Like it
1: just it just really depends on specifically what the coach, what the client needs. And I've had to learn this too. This has been like a huge development, even since like Co- Cody's podcast is like, I've had to develop that more assertive side to my coaching too, and understand okay. that that is love for my clients too. Right. It doesn't mean I don't love them. Right. You know?
0: No, I love it. And that's <laughs> a very similar. Like the last six months, I would say like realizing that my clients don't, necessarily some of my clients don't well my clients don't hire me to be their friend of course and I think like for most coaches that's like one of the biggest realizations is like mm-hmm. like you mentioned like if we're always just like telling them what they want to hear because mm-hmm. like for me if I'm scared that my clients won't like me but if what they're doing is out of alignment with what they say they want then like they need to be aware of that and so much sure. with, like, coaching is having those crucial conversations but for oh, me also that. something that Something that's been crazy helpful is, like, on our initial call talking through, like, okay, how can I be the best coach for you? Like, mm-hmm. how do you like to be held accountable? And then on the, the questionnaire I ask again, like, I think of one guy in, in specific that, like, uh, every couple months in his check-in, he's like, dude, I need you to just be a hard-ass to me this week.
1: Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: It doesn't – I can't say it comes to me supernaturally, but
1: yes. – Totally. Same, same here. It's, it was like very, until I was able to grasp that like that was love, me expressing love for that client, it was like really hard for me to do too. Cause I'm like, I don't want to upset you. You know, I don't want to make you feel bad. No, exactly. Um, uh, but you know how, you know how I said that like the highest act of self-love is like integrity. Right. Like th- that means that my job as a coach is to show them what integrity looks like so they can model it. So for me to be in full integrity with my clients, I have to tell them the truth all the time, no matter what, like, that's the most important thing that I can do for them is like, just be completely honest with them.
0: I love that. Let me ask you this. What, how do you constantly stay at least from following you from like podcasts, your content, you seem like you're always in like very clear, like a very good headspace. How do you, how do you say like this?
1: Uh, a lot of, uh, mushrooms, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Sometimes. Um, no, I, uh, I meditate a lot. I, I just have, I have to stick to my routines. Like I, if I veer from my own things that I do that take care of me that are like that, because I'm the most important one if i don't get taken care of like i can't serve any of my clients the way that i want to so i like guilt myself into self care <laughs> okay. so so i know that like every day i need to be journaling i need to be meditating i need to be outside for a portion of time i need to eat healthy like i need i have to do these things in order for me to be in a good space i think also part of it is like i've been in the darkest places. Like I know what it's like to really struggle. So even on a bad day, I'm like, this is, this is nothing. This is like nothing compared to where I've been. And, um, and yeah, so it's just a matter of like taking care of all the little things that keep me good and asking for help. Like I have my own coaches, like I need coaches so that I can rely on them. So I don't put it on my clients.
0: Okay. Okay. And then So why is, like, for the foreseeable future, is this what you want to keep doing, what you're doing currently?
1: That's a great question. Um, I've been talking to some of my friends about that a lot recently. Um, I love coaching. I know for sure that I will be coaching for a long time. I definitely want to do it on a broader scale. Like, I love speaking quite a bit, um, hence why I'm on podcasts and shit, because I I think that I really do have – an important contribution to make to a lot of people. And so, yeah, I picture myself like my, my grand vision, my like big shit that I want to do is like, I want to speak on stage a lot. And so whether that's like live coaching in front of a lot of people or it's like large group programs or like Tony Robbins kind of shit, like I know that I love speaking with people. I love being with people like there will never not be another human working with me. So.
0: Okay. Why does that drive you so much?
1: Um, probably because that's what I needed so badly when I was like alone. Like, I I never want another human to feel alone the way that I did. Um, like, I just I I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessary. And if I can support other people in ways that can change their life and help them to see what's possible for them, like, I think my superpower is like, I can look at a human being and see all of the best qualities of them and what's possible for them. And if I can get in front of someone and I can show them what that's like and hold that in front of their face and say, Hey, you can do this. Right. It's, like the, it's like the best feeling in the entire world. To like give someone what I can see in them.
0: Okay. So, yeah. And that's so very much then I don't know. I want to like paraphrase this, but it sounds like essentially you feel like you're taking people somewhat through like, this journey you've been through yourself of like going from a very dark place to like, oh shit, look at everything that I'm capable of. Would you for say that's sure. true?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, helping them to realize that their life matters and that they have such a gift and and teach them how to bring that out for themselves.
0: And that's like the most fulfilling aspect of all of this for you.
1: So much. Like when someone gets to like, be like at the end of a coaching relationship when they're like, oh my God, I did that. Like they can't believe that they could do something like that. It's like, it's the most fulfilling moment to see my clients succeed like that.
0: Okay. It's
1: so it's so fun for me.
0: Okay. So if we were going to take it back to like, what's your why behind all of this that we could probably sum it up as that. Correct.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. To to unleash human potential and to help elevate the consciousness of the world.
0: I love it. Okay. Much more poetically put. Than yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then for people that you work with, that are kind of struggling with like, okay, and just like clarity on what they want or Mm -hmm. like even what drives them. Is there a Mm -hmm. process you go through to help people get clear on that?
1: Like to help them get clear on what they want? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, what do you want? (laughs) Um, Kind of, but like I, I actually, I like to help people work through like being more unreasonable. So I think, One thing one exercise I do a lot with clients is I have them like walk through what their perfect day is and then they give it back to me and I'm like, no, like you need to go try again because it's like, it's like, oh, I wake up and answer client messages and then I have the afternoon to myself and I'm like, no, I want to hear actually what your perfect day is like do you want to be in a castle? Do you want to ride on a boat? Like, like be fucking unreasonable. So part of my responsibility is helping people to say, to be okay with saying what they want. Cause I think the reason why people don't know what they want is because they've never felt safe to actually say what they want. Um, this is true in sex and money in terms of power, in terms of impact, in terms of relationships, people just don't know how to say what they want because they think it's, it's wrong. Like we're, we're somehow taught that our, that our desires are not important or sacred, or it's like rude or greedy to have wants. I don't know where the fuck that comes from, (laughs) but like, I think that anything that you want, anything that you say you want comes from this like sacred place. It's like your future successful self is whispering to you. Like that's, that's what a desire comes from is your future successful self saying, come this way. So it's so, it's so important for people to speak that out and pursue it because if everyone just did that, if everyone just followed what they really wanted, we would be so much happier. We would have like a world full of coaches <laughs> and, and healers and mentors and, and like fun shit. Like there'd be so right. much fun shit out there. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. I love it. Kind of on a different topic, but something that i brought up uh, and something that i talked to with like coaches i mentored or even my clients that are coaches. Mm-hmm. And I've struggled a lot myself is, and again, completely random, but feeling guilty as a fitness coach about wanting to make money.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that something you address a lot? Yeah, I think a lot of clients come to me and they're like afraid to raise their prices. It's kind of like like that. They're afraid to like ask for the sale. They're afraid because it's it means they're greedy. Um, and I think it's something that even you mentioned yourself, where you're like, oh, I should just be driven by wanting to help people.
0: Exactly. And
1: and yeah, it's be it's because we we have like all of these negative connotations around what it means to make money. Like the only examples we see of people making money, we assume they're like greedy and people talk shit about them and they're like assholes. And like, even if you watch the movies, like really rich people are portrayed as like total dicks. So of course, like you don't, you don't want to be a dick. Like you don't want to be that person or that guy. But like, I think that the more I, and here's how I explain it to my coaches, the more money that you have, money is just an amplifier. Like, what if you have bad qualities and you're like a shitty person and you make a bunch of money? You're going to be a shittier person with more money. That's why they're a bunch of rich assholes. But if you're like a genuinely good person and you make a bunch of money, you're going to be a really fucking good person with a lot of money and a lot of opportunity to give and and like give to charity and do do things that are really positive in the world. And and so I, I wish that everyone could make more money because I think that it would they would be able to see that it's just. Turning up the volume on the character that you already have, and right. especially for coaches and like teachers and guides and people in that space where they just want to give, so if you just put money in their lap, they would be like, "Oh, I can just I can help more people now." Exactly. Would be Like that. Yeah,
0: I love it, and that's again like something that I've been trying to work through a lot, and it's a very interesting like something that I never really had to think about, but then. Yeah, like for me, it's like, oh, dope. Like, now I can like, go hire all these other coaches that make me better. And <laughs> then, like, look at how much more cool shit I can give my clients. But, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: similarly, it's been something, and I'm, I apologize. I'm just kind of rambling on this podcast. This is just it's, a super, uh, but I remember, like, for me, and also, I don't know if all of this, like, there's always the, like, oh, it all ties back to your childhood, which I have no idea how true that is. But, like, I remember for me, again, like, this is another thing I've been digging into. And I, my family is very, um my family is very strong christians and again i absolutely love my parents i have a great relationship with my parents so this isn't at all like me saying like negative things about them but i remember like very clearly my mom saying a lot when i was a little kid like there's this saying about like it's easier for a camel to pass through than the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven and
1: wow and i
0: remember my mom like what for whatever reason i have like a bunch of super clear memories of my mom saying that yeah. And recently, this has been something I've been thinking about a lot because like, why do I feel so guilty about making money? Mm-hmm. And it's, I've just like, it's been a very, and like truly I have no idea if that's a root of it, but like, it's kind of like, if you make a lot of money, you're going to go to hell. And like, of course, yeah. that's not the outcome. Oh,
1: totally. Absolutely.
0: Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Dude, that makes so much, that makes so much sense. Um, There's this thing called a suffering obligation and it's when you and your parents have rapport over something that is kind of negative. So for example, like if your mom was abused and you're an abuser, or if your mom's overweight and you're overweight, or if your mom doesn't make any money and you're poor also. So what happens is like, we subconsciously want, we want so badly to maintain rapport with our parents that Mm -hmm. if we start to increase our status in any of these areas, we subconsciously self-sabotage because we're afraid that we're going to lose love and connection with the people who raised us. So it's kind of like a upper limit theory kind of thing. Um, okay. I don't know if you've read The Big Leap. Absolutely. Yeah, very similar to that. And so we, we do this thing called a suffering obligation where we keep ourselves small in order to maintain rapport with our parents. Right. Um, the way to move through that. It would be for you to go to your mom, and I had to do this with my mom too. Um, It was super uncomfortable, so I'm not going to, it's very hard to do. So you call your mom up and you ask her, hey, mom, what would you say if I made $10,000 a month? Hey, mom, what would you say if I made $30,000 a month? What about 50? What about $100,000 a month? what about a million dollars a month what would you say and you just increase to like 10x above whatever you sing whatever you think is like ridiculous right, right. you keep going in le- levels of ridiculousness right but what you'll find is you'll figure out that what you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make yourself feel safe you're pri- you're trying to prime your subconscious to know that your mom will literally tell you oh well we'd be proud of you
0: right of course we'd we'd, would. Still,
1: we'd still totally love you we would think it would be awesome
0: right
1: We think you were like so fucking cool. So you need to, you need to hear that to feel safe, to keep making more and more and more money.
0: So interesting. Okay.
1: So I challenge you to do that. It's going to be really fucking hard. Um, There was something else in that I wanted to share too, but I can't remember.
0: My mom is truly like the sweetest person in the world, and one of my absolute favorite people. And I know she'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that'd, that'd be amazing!" Like, yes, we love, we love you no matter what. And, and that's, we need to
1: hear her say that, right? That's fair. Yeah.
0: That's what is all very interesting because I'm from a very middle class family. Like, we weren't mm-hmm. poor by okay. any means, so I don't know. I don't know why that stands out to me. And like again, maybe mm-hmm. it's just bullshit, but yeah, <laughs> something that I wanted to bring. Up.
1: Totally. I think you should absolutely do that with both of your parents or whichever one feels more scary. Do it with that one. Um, especially if you heard your mom say this kind of thing, you need to just hear it in her voice. And that was a game changer for me when I did that. Like I literally started making like ridiculous amounts of money, like the month after I had that conversation, no joke. Um, and then, Oh, but the other thing I wanted to tell you is that you You mentioned something about like the past being, like everything's tied to the past, right? So how we're being is like, it's all, you know, it's right. all really oh, yeah. to, to the past, like right? Your,
0: like your childhood or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the reason why that is, is because who we're being in the present moment is based on the future we are living into. It's not based on the past, it's based on the future we're living into. But most of us assume that, However, it's been in the past is how it will be in the future. We predict the future based on the past.
0: Right.
1: And that informs who we're being in the moment. Okay. The past has no power over who you are being right now. It's only what you think will happen in the future. So if you decide, if you choose one day to just erase everything that has happened in your past, erase what you think you know about yourself, erase what you think you know about the world, and just choose a different future to live into you can literally have whatever way of being that you want in the moment you don't have to be any certain way you're just choosing the past to be what you're living into
0: I mean that makes complete sense um, so is this typically kind
1: of mind like, fuck, but <laughs>
0: yeah kind of I'm just I'm trying to think of a good response to that but yeah I'm still thinking through that okay so, so.
1: so let me let me ask let me guide you through some questions that'll kind of like absolutely put you into this. So who are you? What do you know to be true about yourself? What are you certain of about yourself?
0: <laughs> um, I am a brother. I'm a mm-hmm. son. I'm a skinny brother. Mm-hmm. I am a training and nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. Um, on what, on what level?
1: Like facts about who you are, like about the way that you do the world. Like, like about about how you coach or about how you present yourself to the world or any anything that you are bad habits or good habits or like things that are good qualities about who you are
0: okay okay um i overdeliver on things that's like one of the most important things to me mm-hmm. you know no one else like knows what i'm doing i fucking hate feeling like like i'm letting myself down like for example at the start of this podcast when mm-hmm. i was 10 minutes late to this like i hate that shit so much and even like to if nobody else knows, or like, same thing with like my training, anything like that. Like, the worst feeling in the world for me is knowing that like I've let myself down, right? Mm-hmm. Or like a half assed it. I, like, mm-hmm. that's like one of my biggest drivers. Um, This is something that I've been trying to think about a lot, honestly. Like, what are my values? What is important to me? And it bothers me that I'm not more clear. It bothers me that right now, when you ask me this, I don't have a better answer. It's yeah. like, who am I? But
1: <laughs> cool.
0: honestly, or, yeah. that that really bothers me. But that's like the, biggest thing that stands out. Whereas I feel like I should have like, these are my values, this, 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 this is who I am. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, cool. I I actually think this is kind of great because you're in a great position. So one thing that you said to me is that I over deliver. Where did you get that information? How do you know that you over deliver? What did you base that information on?
0: Um, just my career so far, my,
1: like the past.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. it. Yeah.
1: Got it. Okay. So you are basing, it's just like one example. Like you're basing this fact. I am just, Jeremiah over delivers, but that is, that is a hundred percent based on who you have been in the past. So you're just assuming that who you will be in the future is someone who also over delivers. Right. So I think it's beautiful that you're confused and that you don't really know who you are. You're like, I don't have these set in stone and these values because you have an opportunity to create that. It's, it's actually even better that you don't have that set in stone right now because you have a valuable opportunity to choose it, to say, okay, this is the future that I'm living into. Here's where I want to go with my business. Here's wh- who the values that I want to portray in the world. Here's what that would look like in real life. And then you get to choose every day to live into that instead of be feeling constrained based on some predetermined set of qualities that you think define you or how other people think you are. Like you you get to create that and live into that.
0: Okay, that's super empowering actually. Okay, that that makes a lot more sense now.
1: Totally, yeah. You're in a great spot. Most people, if I ask them that question, they'd be like, "I'm always late. I'm super stubborn. I um, I really love people. I hate cats. And um, I always let people down, or or I never let people down, or whatever." They list this whole fucking thing about who they are, and like all of that is based on just shit that's happened in the past. That is not who you are. At right. all. And, and you can change that at any time. And so you have an opportunity to choose that. So who, who do you want to be? What kind of qualities do you want to have?
0: I, I hate, I feel like everything that comes to mind is just cliche. Like I want to have a ton of integrity. Um, awesome. I, want to be some, I want to be someone that's looked up to. I want to be someone Beautiful. that's protected. Um, I want to have an impact on a ton of people's lives because yeah. like, you know, I want to be an example of to other people, like what they can accomplish. Like I want to inspire people. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: Awesome. That's so great. There's a reason why it's cliche. It's because cliche, because it's partially true. Like most people really want that. And if you can create that for yourself and, and like really think about, okay, if I have integrity and I inspire people and I am like really care for people and make a big impact, what, how, what would that person do? in every situation and you can just base your life choices on what would that version of me do?
0: Okay. Like Kudo creating
1: want me ego. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. So when you're business coaching, is this what most of your conversations are like?
1: Um, this is like probably like the, what the first conversation would be like,
0: okay. kind of like this, like okay.
1: asking them, just trying to figure out, I mean, the first conversation is always me trying to figure out like what, do, who do you think you are? And because that's going to inform how you're going to show up in this relationship with me and how can we reprogram you? How is, where's the gap, right? Like, cause there's a gap between who you are and who you want to be. Like we need to bridge that and make you be more like that. And there's a gap between who you present to the world and who you wish you were presenting to the world. And, how, and we need to close that gap too. So that's mostly what I'm looking for, like on the first call. It's like, okay, what's the gap? Where are we out of integrity? Where do we get to, like, just tweak some some programming for you and like weed out all the little all the little shit you put in the in the way to like stop you from being that person. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. So just out of curiosity, because this has very much just been like a, I feel like essentially working through a call or like a, what one of your business calls would be like. Yeah. So like for me specifically, then like going forward, what would you say? Like, okay, these are your action steps until our next
1: call? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I would want you to um, really take, take stock of what that gap is for you. Like, I want you to really look at like, okay, full honesty, full integrity. Who am I right now? Who am I being right now? Right. What are like full inventory of like all the areas of your life and how you're showing up? And then who do you want to be and what's the difference? Who what would you have to do? What qualities would you have to have in order to be more like that person? Right. So if we if we looked at that, like what what do you think, what qualities would you have to develop in order to be more like that version of you that inspires people and has integrity and is that like full, fully expressed version of who you are? What qualities would you need?
0: I honestly think for me, it's working, like being better in my relationships. Mm. a better friend and like even like with personal development like i feel like for me if there's any area that i like those are definitely like we have like body being balanced business right like Mm -hmm. body and business i'll I'll go hard at those but like anytime if i need to push my personal development or relationships to the back burner Mm -hmm. i will whereas like if i look at like the person that i want to become or like the people i look up to it's because mm-hmm. like okay i do see or like even me asking you like what do you do to always stay in such a good headspace mm-hmm. whereas like of course i would talked to my clients about the importance of like we need to like do these things to stay in a good headspace but mm-hmm. i'll be straight up like for me if something gets pushed to the back burner it's definitely that right like if but if it's like me, I need to I have to email X amount of clients about mm-hmm. taking care of yourself. So I'm going to push my own to the back burner. Like, absolutely, yeah. will do that.
1: Yeah. Okay, got it. So what I would want you to do, so I'm looking at the areas of right now for you, relationships and personal development and self-care. If we look at all of those three things for you, what I would want you to do between now and the next call would be to write down a list of incompletes or broken promises and agreements to yourself and others. Where is there a lack of integrity in all of those areas? What conversations need to be had? What, what restoration needs to be made? What, what new actions need to be taken in order for you to feel like you have completed those things and you're like in alignment with where you want to be in those areas? So I would just like have you really sit down, take an hour, two hours, however long it takes to write down all the broken promises and agreement and clean that shit up like immediately. Okay.
0: Okay, I love it. That is, this has all been very insightful. I'm kind of nervous to put this podcast out because I don't think I've ever gotten this vulnerable on a podcast, but I truly, I know this will be very helpful for a lot of other coaches as well. Um, I do want to be respectful of your time and I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. So before I let you go, are there any like closing thoughts you'd like to leave us with or anything at all you would like to plug?
1: Um, Closing thoughts. I, I just think that the the best thing a human being can do for the world is to really look at what is my personal mission like what am i here to do and follow through with that like if it's taking care of people awesome if it's writing a book awesome if it's if it feels really selfish or it feels like it's really easy do that like that's your gift that's your mission and it's your responsibility to clean up all the shit that's in the way to, to really be able to take ownership of that and and live in integrity with that. So I love that. That's what came out today.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. And then um, what, where can everybody find you? What would you like to um, plug? So on and so forth.
1: Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Deindorfer. It's very long. I'm sure Jeremiah will put it in the comments. I'll link it up. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, I am going to be coming out with a new program here in about a month. Um, it's more of a higher level mentorship program combined with like a giant educational resource library with like 12 plus courses. So, um, it's called connected coach Academy and, uh, more details coming soon on that.
0: Oh, perfect. Well, I will link all that up in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for being here. This was super fun.
1: Thank you, Jeremiah. I appreciate you so much.
0: Bye.